We're so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. And so today, and so today we reflect, reflect on Jesus', on Jesus death, death upon, the, upon cross. the cross and uh, it's true that sometimes people will die for noble reasons. Uh, there's been many people throughout history who have died for noble reasons and people sometimes will give their life for another uh, and for, for many that's perhaps the category that uh, people put Jesus in as a good man who, who died for the sake of others and um, the Apostle Paul acknowledges this in Romans uh, chapter 5 in verse 6 where he says, you see just at the right time when we were still powerless Christ died for the ungodly. He does say, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, sometimes one might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And so Jesus' death was so much more than just a noble death for a good cause. It was so much more than just uh, another sacrificial death. It was a death with a purpose. Uh, it was a death with a plan to accomplish something significant on all people's behalf. And so Jesus' death wasn't just a mere accident of history either, of course. It was part of God's plan and purpose. And I'm often deeply impacted when we're reflecting on Isaiah's words from Isaiah 53 uh, on, uh, that speak so clearly and directly to Jesus' death, uh, his sacrifice and resurrection. And when I think about how they were written uh, between 500 and 700 years before Jesus uh, came on the scene in flesh. And so this morning as we uh, move towards communion, I just want to reflect on those words for a little while uh, to give us some context of, of what part of God's plan did this uh, moment of sacrifice involve. And so in Isaiah 53 verses 1 and 2, uh, the prophet said, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. And so Jesus, though he was the glorious author of all creation, though he was uh, the most glorious being in all of eternity, he came in ordinary human form. He came uh, in a means, in flesh, that gave us nothing about him that looked uh, particularly attractive in his human form, though he was God incarnate. And so this reminds us that not just did Jesus die on the cross, but he gave up his heavenly glory in the mere reality of becoming human. There was nothing special about his appearance. He didn't come in the royal robes of a king. There was nothing about him that we should desire him in his humanity. 
In verse 3, it goes on to say, He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. And so Jesus was despised, he was rejected, he suffered, and it says he was familiar with pain. And so some of us might identify with that phrase that we are familiar with pain. And we are uh, one who has experienced suffering or, or that we've been despised, that we've been rejected. And, and so Jesus identifies with our pain. He identifies with our suffering. He identifies with our rejection and he identifies with the sense of being despised or, or feeling that people don't like us or hate us. And so he came to save, yet was despised and rejected. We see it in the crowds chanting, crucify him. We see it in the crowds choosing Caesar over the Messiah. And we also see it in ourselves when we choose the worldly over the divine. That phrase, and we held him in low esteem, is no doubt sometimes true of all of us that we do not fully give him the glory that is due his name. In verse 4 and 5, the prophet goes on to say, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crucified for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. And so on the cross it was Jesus taking on our pain. It was Jesus taking on our suffering. It was Jesus taking on our iniquity, our, transgress- our transgressions. And so Jesus suffered on the cross. And that wasn't mere identifying with our pain and suffering and rejection. It was in fact taking up our pain and suffering and, re- and rejection. He was pierced for our transgression. That means our sin. He's piercing the nails in his hands, the, the nails in his feet, the, the spear in his side, that piercing was for our sin. It says he was crushed for our iniquity. That's a word that means guilt, that crushing of Jesus' body, that punishment on his body was for our guilt. And so the, the prophet says that his punishment has brought our peace. So as the Apostle Paul reflected in that passage I read from Romans, we have been reconciled to God through his blood. It's through the punishment of Jesus that we have peace with God and peace with one another. And it says his wounds are our healing. Jesus' wounding was carrying our suffering and pain. And so through his suffering and pain and his taking on of that, we can be healed. In verse 6, the prophet goes on to say, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so this is about all of us. 
This isn't just about the worst of the worst or the really bad guys that Jesus died for. This is all of us. Every single person in all of human existence has gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. Each of us have held him in low esteem. But it says, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so just as all of us have turned away from God, all of us are in need of a saviour, Jesus has taken on the sin of us all. There's not a human in all of history whose sin was not born on the cross by Jesus. It's our choice to accept that or not. And so finally in Isaiah 53.11, I'd encourage you today to read the entirety of the chapter, but we're moving to verse 11. It said, After he had suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. Even his resurrection, not just his suffering and death was prophesied. But it says, by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. And so the truth of this passage is that he has borne our iniquity. He has justified many. We are made righteous by Jesus. And so today we remember that Jesus suffered upon the cross, suffered for our sin. But we also remember that what that has accomplished for us is that we have been made righteous by his blood. We have been set free from suffering, from rejection, from pain, from guilt, by the blood of Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.